Hello, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to the podcast of Next Step Press, where we help you take a next step. You can find the podcast and other Next Step resources at www.findmynextstep.org. In today's episode, we get to hear from Katie Helmreich. She's an illustrator with Visual Faith Ministry, and she worked with Next Step Press on a project called When From Death I'm Free, a hymn journal for Holy Week. One of the songs that Katie illustrated was by Kip Fox, and it's called The King Is Calling. We'll hear that song in bits and pieces in its entirety across this episode. We'll get a chance to hear Katie read the parable from the Gospel of Luke that goes with that song. You'll hear me read the devotion for the day, and then Katie and I will discuss the verses and the devotion. We'll get to talk about the creative act. In fact, we'll talk about both vulnerability and limitations and how that relates to our dependence on Jesus, not just in creating art, but in living out our everyday lives as followers of Jesus in our families, in our workplaces, in our lives. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump in and get to know Katie Helmreich a little bit better. Hey, before we start with that scripture reading, uh, I just wanted to tell you where we're recording today. I'm here in Bay City, Michigan with Katie Helmreich in her home, sitting at her kitchen table. Katie, what do you typically use this space for where we are right now? We pretty much spend all day, every day in the kitchen. Everybody likes to be right in the middle of things. Mm. So I usually keep Jane, my daughter, she's three, and anybody doing homework involved at the kitchen table. And I shove things aside so that there's room for me to work on the island, which is a little higher and out of reach. Uh, I like because I can quickly do some watercolor for five minutes at a time and then cut up the potatoes for supper and go mm-hmm. back to my watercolor for another 10 minutes. I had all of my sketch work out in vulnerable places because then I could grab whatever minute I had and it's always good to check back in on the day, what I'm doing with my visual faith. I kind of like that idea of having our uh, our relationship with Jesus out in a vulnerable place so <laughs> that it's accessible. That's kind of kind of neat. So mm-hmm. the, the sketches that you did for this chapter were on that kitchen island right there that I'm looking at. Yep, absolutely. And Jane would sit here at the kitchen table and do her artwork too. Yes. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks for being with us. I like to pray before I engage the scripture, so let's take a moment to do that. Mm-hmm. Lord Jesus, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having a seat at the table, our kitchen table, our everyday lives. As we gather around your word, as we gather for conversation, as we seek you in your word, Lord, we acknowledge your presence and we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us, that we might understand what you would have for us today. Thanks for being with us. Amen. Luke 14, verses 16 through 23. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Thanks. That's uh, 
that's quite a parable. <laughs> There's a lot there. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything that kind of jumped out to you this time through that reading? Well, it's always amazing to me how familiar these excuses can sometimes be. Mm. <laughs> we like to think, well, we'd never do that. But actually, we sometimes find silly reasons to put things off. Yeah. It's good to grab those five minutes when you have them and recognize how valuable they are. It also really struck me, um, as it always does, how the crippled, the blind, the lame, none of these people had it together in any yeah. way. Yeah. But God called them and welcomed them in. He didn't even say, go clean up first, just be here, be yeah. with me. That's awesome. I, I love, those excuses are great. I mean, they really are tantamount to, I've got to wash my goldfish and watch the grass grow. And, right. <laughs> you know, yes. uh, just the worst excuses ever. So that reading was on page 41 of the book. If you turn the page to page 42, the devotion there is called Hungry and Helpless. The self-sufficient guests in Jesus' parable show one way we tend to respond to God's kingdom invitation. They have already RSVP'd yes, but after the caterer has all the food and warming trays, these ingrates beg off. They're too busy. They can't be bothered. If you are self-sufficient in your spiritual life, you will have trouble needing Jesus. The poor in spirit, they receive the kingdom as a gift. The little children who can do nothing for themselves, they enter in. Outsiders, castaways, unwanted, unworthy, hungry, helpless, come like that to Jesus and you will find a joyful welcome. And watch it. False humility is as damaging as false pride. The poorest of the poor in the parable know they are not worthy, that they cannot return the invitation, that they don't own the right kind of party clothes and couldn't afford the postage for a thank you note. The master says, compel them to come in because they will feel morally obligated to refuse. Jesus knows you're not worthy and that you can't repay. He wants you at his feast anyway. His invitation is both gracious and compelling. Say yes. Come every beating heart that longs to find its worth. Come every aching soul in need of something more. Come with your questions. Come with your doubts. Bring them to the Lord. Come on, you castaways left out of every crowd. Come on, you outsiders unwanted until now. You are a people and you have a place waiting with the Lord. So Katie, you did the sketchwork, the artwork for this chapter. Would you tell me a little bit about, I'm, I'm on page 39 now, this cover art for this hymn is just, it's so compelling. I love this image. Would you tell me more about how this image came about? Well, when I was listening to the song and to the 
the scripture passage especially, it, I heard a story, mm. and a, a story of contrasts, where there's this amazing hall and this regalness that is, that is this feast, and yet now there's these people that are not prepared in any way to come to a feast, but God is welcoming them anyway. Yeah. Even though they feel like they can't possibly, mm-hmm. he is assuring them over and over that he is, he is inviting them and he knows where they are. So I wanted the, the drawing to have that story within it so that we had the, the regal sort of dignified lettering at the top, mm. but then this story where you're really starting from rock bottom and he is inviting them and then helping them up and welcoming them in and then giving them what they need to serve him by having instead of this burned out candle now this this light that he has given them so that now they can sing for joy. Yeah, I think you've captured the contrast really well, both from the top to the bottom of the page and from the left to the right in the word come, from that burnt out candle stuff, man, I've been there, mm-hmm. to uh, having the upraised hands and the, the, uh, the light just kind of shining out and, and from left to right, the being down and, the, you know, the far left is alone and dark, uh, shaded more darkly, and that, that invitation. You, you use more people, uh, more bodies and, and hands and faces than a lot of the other uh, artists. Is there, tell me more about that. Is there something to that? I'm not sure, but every time I try to do a passage in my journaling Bible or a margin for the, the mm-hmm. church year program, I have a very hard time saying the story I want without people in it. (laughs) So I had to figure out a way to draw the people so that it wasn't distracting. But I always find um, when I'm reading a passage, I very quickly find a a place in my life where it, like a story in my life where that applies. And it's hard to tell those stories without the characters. Yeah. So it just seemed like a logical, I tell stories with people. So there they are. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and of course, the parable itself in the text is a very story kind of text, but I like, mm-hmm. I like how there's a place for each of us in the story of Scripture, where whatever Bible verse we're reading, there's kind of a story being told. Mm-hmm. And I, I like how the people place us in the story, capture the story for us. Thanks. Uh, was there a story in your life that came to mind as you were sketching this one? Yeah, about a year and a half ago is actually when I was more actively uh, Bible journaling in my own life. I was going through a a dark time with depression and anxiety Mm. and wasn't sure really how to process that. And recognizing myself in this parable, you feel so helpless. There's nothing you can offer, but that God does come to you there and invites you back in, even though I was already a child of God for him to reassure, no, this is not about how able you are. This is about how able I am. So feeling as dark as this far left image and then remembering what it was like to be welcomed in and given the light again. That's something I like about Kip Fox's lyrics too. Uh, One of the verses says, Come all you servants with no candle left to burn. And I think that's a good reminder that this story that's in the parable is a story of salvation. But it's not only the being an unbeliever and now being a believer, but a again and again and as often as needed Mm -hmm. that Jesus shows up in our dark and and lonely places uh, when we're worn out and exhausted and brings us back in. And we need that more often than we like to admit. Thanks for sharing that story with us. Uh, There's another piece of artwork that you you did uh, that frames the devotion here. Would you tell me about that, that artwork on page 42 a little bit more? Well, I wanted to definitely include the actual feast Mm. knowing that we were in that dark place, but it's not just sort of left there. 
we are welcomed in and there's so much room at the table. Uh, this is a, a regal and exciting place. Not just a small step up from where we were, but dinner with the king. Yeah, and lots of lots of room at the table, dinner with the king, the open hand. I could, boy, is that, is that like the new Jerusalem in the background there through the door that you can kind of see a, a hint of? Mm-hmm. I love that, the welcome, a baptismal shell. Uh, tell me about this, the, the kind of L, L-shaped design, this corner of artwork. To be honest, when I first saw the template of what the artwork was supposed to be, <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to do. Yeah. But it's fun to find ways that the limitations actually encourage creativity, because when it's not a normal space, your first idea generally doesn't work, so you just keep digging in deeper. What else can this story tell, and how might I use this space? And I love the fact that that table just kept going and going. There was still space, and so I just got to keep adding plates. It was fun. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you said limitations sometimes help you be creative rather mm-hmm. than hinder creativity. I found that to be true, too, in, in lots of different ways. Um, you've got, do you have art in your background? Is that what I understand? Yes. Yeah, I was an art major at Concordia Ann Arbor. Would you say that that limit and creativity, how those two go together, is that kind of a theme in your education? Did you experience that at other times? I actually, I've told people this before as I'm telling them how to let go of their uh, their perfectionism so mm-hmm. that they can embrace mistakes and just go with that for their creative experiences. I was at a point where I was getting really bogged down in my oil painting and my professor took away my brushes. I was like, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> she said, you were overworking this area. You're not letting the whole emotion of this piece show through. So she took away my brushes and I still had to complete the assignment. Wow. So I used my fingers and I used palette knives and it was, I couldn't put that detail in. So it was all about the overall story, the overall picture. And there were several other assignments too where there, there's very strict limitations and it doesn't limit the outcome it encourages you to go beyond what you maybe would have thought just off the cuff and really dig deeper and find more there. And it's always there. It's exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Not to over-spiritualize everything, but I wonder if in our own spiritual walk sometimes there's there's a limit or a wall or a barrier. And if our first response is kind of, uh, well, the excuse. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus, I hit a wall, so I guess I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've got to wash my goldfish and watch the grass grow. And if perhaps our creative God isn't inviting us to see some of the limitations, and I don't, could be anything. Time, uh, you said earlier, you, you have these sketches that you're working on, like for other people to see out in vulnerable places while you're peeling potatoes. That limit of space and time could be a barrier that could prevent you from producing any art, and you had to find a creative way around that barrier. And yeah. I think it's exciting to think of Jesus uh, inviting us into those barriers rather than like it being preventing us from getting to him or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, as a recovering perfectionist, I find that it's really the self-sufficient guest. It limits what they, they think that they can do or this illusion that I have to have it all together stops me from even beginning to serve. But recognizing that God can use all of those things and that those limitations do encourage creativity, but more reliance on God and watching Him work through that weakness. Come on, you servants with no candle left to burn. Come every broken body tired from years of work. Lay down your tools, lift up your hands, lift them to the Lord. 
That was Kip Fox's song, The King is Calling. And I'm here with Katie Helmreich, one of the illustrators in the book, One from Death I'm Free, a hymn journal for Holy Week. Uh, Katie, thanks for the conversation today as we've sat with that devotion and, and the verses. I'm wondering if there's some next step that Jesus might be inviting you into this week as we kind of sit with that theme. It's been an interesting thing to ponder. Um, I think it's been a theme for me in a lot of ways because as a stay-at-home mom with three kids, my husband's very busy, uh, there's a lot of limitations, mm. and yet there's really great things in those pieces of time. So wondering, what, what will I do next? How can I serve in this way? It's been really exciting to be part of this visual faith because I can grab 10 minutes and it's encouraging to me to have something that makes me dig deeper into the word and to encourage other people through my art, even though I can't go out and do big things right now. Um, so the next step is typically waiting and seeing what comes next. There's always a little project here and a little project there, and it's exciting to see how God is using little things. Absolutely. And I just, in my experience, your artwork here has been such a blessing to me and encourages me to get back into the word. Um, what a wonderful thing to be able to get people to interact with God's Word in a new way. That's a real gift that you have, and you're sharing it, and that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Uh, I liked what you said earlier about being a recovering perfectionist. Uh, I've got some of those same tendencies, and certainly one of the things I've learned in this whole kind of next step press adventure is that if you want to be a perfectionist, you're not going to last long. <laughs> um <laughs> You'll never start. You'll never start. <laughs> and gosh, finishing is completely off the table. Yeah. So there are very, very minor typos in uh, the book. Some of them didn't get fixed until after the first hundred copies got printed. Uh, some of them just got fixed like a week ago. So don't tell. <laughs> to be able to get it to a place where it's useful for other people and not perfect. Mm -hmm. Where dependence on Jesus is a part of what you're living out in your writing and publishing uh, for me, uh, in your artwork, in your sketching, in your family life. Mm -hmm. So I found that too. Uh, you, being a perfect dad is kind of off the table. I'm not going to be able to do that. So being a dad who's dependent on Jesus, that's something I'm a lot more likely to be able to do. Needing Jesus is something I've learned I can do. Mm -hmm. So I guess that helps me think about my relationship with my wife and with my kids and, and in my work that dependence on Jesus is really important for me. So if I got a next step, that's probably it too. Um, seeing limitations as an invitation to need Jesus a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, so do you have a, a, what are you doing right now in terms of artwork or sketching? What's, what's on your docket? Well, right now I am finishing up a banner design project for my dad's church in Ann Arbor. Um, it's exciting, it's a very unique size because I've got six feet high by, I think the total is 37 feet wide. Wow. It's a series of six banners that's all part of one image and it's been really exciting to put together. Sounds like some limitations that maybe spurred yeah. creativity. It was another strange canvas shape, uh -huh. but it's been, it's been neat to see it coming together. So I'm excited to see when it's all created and in that space. That'll yeah. be a lot of fun. And what's the medium eventually going to be? Fabric. Okay. Mm -hmm. He has a team of people that are going to be working on putting it together. So I get the fun part, just designing. <laughs> and they'll figure out how to make it a reality. But yeah, it's been neat. It's for uh, the 
you know, when we have all the green pyramids, that long season yeah. of Pentecost. So it's a, the open word with the living water coming out of that. Some baptism references and the tree of life. Uh-huh. I'm, I'll be excited to see it. You'll have to share it with us and we can share it through mm-hmm. Next Step Press too. Thanks. Thanks for being with us today. Katie, it's been a pleasure to be in your kitchen and to see a window into your life. Um, thanks for opening your house and your home, your heart to us. Thank you. This was great. Troubled and restless, hungry and helpless, sing for joy that the King is calling, strong in justice, rich in mercy, sing for joy that the King is calling, and His love is never ending. For the love and grace and truth, the King, the King is calling. That was Kip Fox's song, The King is Calling. You heard Katie Helmreich talk about her illustrations for that song in the book, When From Death I'm Free, a hymn journal for Holy Week, published by Next Step Press. You can find that music and more about the book at www.findmynextstep.org. This episode was made possible in part by a new $25 a month patron of Next Step Press on Patreon. You can support Next Step Ministry from as little as $3 a month. Go to patreon.com forward slash findmynextstep. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash findmynextstep. Thanks for joining us on this podcast, and we'll see you next time as we take a next step together following Jesus.